Welcome to Calling the Remnant. I'm Pastor Danny Lalayan here at the City on the Hill. This is my wife, Julie, and this is my son, Benji, who's also uh, our associate pastor here at the City on the Hill. And uh, this Calling the Remnant podcast that we're beginning, we're doing it for the purpose of reaching out to those people who are the remnant. If you go through the Word of God from the beginning to the end, God always had a remnant people that he that he chose to use uh, when the rest of his people just were walking through deception or walking in a fog or walking in sin. And when everything seemed to be falling apart, God always had that remnant people that he was able to use to bring revival to his people. Again, I, I want to make that clear. This is our very first uh, podcast we're doing, and I want to make it clear up front. This is not a podcast that is meant for for sinners. We always hope that people receive the good news and salvation of Jesus, but that's not what this is for. This podcast and the ministry that God has given us here at the City on the Hill, it is for Christians, and we are specifically looking for those people who have a devoutness in their heart to seek the Lord and are saying, Lord, we know that there's more. We know there's something else. We know, God, that, that you want to do something if you could find that chosen few to do it through. Uh, an example of a remnant, of course, would be found with the prophet Elijah. He actually thought he was the only one left. He said, God, there's no one else. He said, I'm it. I'm the last one that's serving you. And God said to him, he said, no. He said, actually, I have 7,000 people who have never bowed the knee. And uh, uh, you know, when you think about 7,000 in the middle of millions of people, it's not that many. And uh, if you flash forward to today, the same thing is true. Uh, everywhere you look, there seems to be people that are just floundering, uh, and they, they're, they've lost their sense of what God's character really is about. But we're looking for those chosen few people that have in their hearts saying, God, we know that there's something more you want. We know that there's a holiness that you're looking for. Your word says, be holy for I am holy. Lord, we want to be a part of that people. So if here at the beginning of our first podcast, if what I've said is touching your heart, then this podcast is for you. And maybe you know others that that have a heart for the Lord in what we're talking about. You need to share this podcast with them. So getting started right off, um, Week to week, we want to find different subjects that are relevant for the remnant. You know, that word relevant's a big word in the church today, and usually the word relevant refers to being more like the world. That's the way, but we don't want to be more like the world. We want to be less like the world. We don't care about being relevant to the world. We want what is relevant to God's prophetic right. revelation right. today. Yes. So when I use the word relevant, I don't mean relevant so that the world looks and says, oh, they're like us. When I say relevant, I'm talking about being relevant to what God's purpose is. Right. And so we want to find uh, those topics, those, those subjects that we need to get into that will speak to the heart of the remnant, what God is trying to get across. And in the news right now, of course, in the earthly realm, the biggest event going on at this time, of course, is the Super Bowl. It was the most watched Super Bowl 
uh, actually, it was the most watched thing on television in history, if I if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think 123 million people, and they said that's not even including the people that gathered together at houses or bars or or watch parties or things like that. So you're talking about tens of millions of people, and in the middle of that uh, was a commercial that everybody's talking about. And it was uh, the commercial that that talks about Jesus. See, he's he's like us. He's like us. And we've been seeing those commercials for the last couple of years, of course. <clears throat> and people fall on one side or the other. You have a large group of people that that are of the thought process. Anything that says the name of Jesus in any way possible that can't be bad. <laughs> uh, let me just go ahead and spill the beans. That's not that's not us. That's not what what we what we we believe here. You know, people talk about being fishers of men, and anyone that's a part of the city on the hill, they've heard me say before many times uh, that when the bait we're using becomes more important than the message and the God of the message that that we're using, then there's something wrong. And the church today says, well, as long as we can use any bait necessary, as long as we're getting people, that's not biblical. So that's not us. Then you have a smaller group of people that are against the commercials. uh, But as you listen to those people, by and large, they're against it, uh, not necessarily for the the right reasons, not necessarily for the remnant reasons are they against it. And so uh, I'm going to give them an opportunity to, to step in, but I just want to read something from the Word of God. I always like to stick to God's Word, and uh, one of the things that that is very purposeful for me and for what we're doing here, uh, and I actually just talked about it this last Sunday during our services, most people, most churches, most ministers, they like to pick out a scripture here, a verse here, a word here, and they build everything that they do in their life off of those things. That's not how we approach the word of God. We approach the word of God as a whole. It is a living entity. You can't just take a scripture here and there and say, oh, well, I rest my case. I I must be right because that's what it says. If you do that, you can come up with anything anything you want to, to make it sound correct. There was a time many, many decades ago that the the church people, Christians, were using the word of God to justify slavery because they were talking, they would use a a word here, a scripture here, say, see, see, God's okay with slavery as long as as it's, it's biblically correct. Well, there's no person in their right mind that in any way thinks that God is pleased with that. Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. And so uh, we take the word of God, of the Lord as a whole, and that's the way I like to minister. Uh, That being said, I want to go and read the scriptures that they get the feet washing, because that's what the last commercial uh, during the Super Bowl, it was about Jesus. It said Jesus didn't hate people. He washed feet. (laughs) Now, again, I almost find it comical because you, you, you would think... Who in their right mind would make a Super Bowl commercial and try to get people to serve the Lord based on washing feet? But they've done it. I don't know. I don't know why they've done it, but they've done it. And if nothing else, they've stirred up controversy uh, with people on both sides. But the scripture is actually found in John chapter 13 is where it's found. 
And I don't want to, we don't have the time to read the entire narrative, but I, I, I want to pick out, I want to start at least in verse 12. Uh, in verse 12, Jesus had washed the feet of his disciples. Let me say that again. He washed the feet of his disciples is who he washed the feet of. And uh, he, it can't, Peter objected. Peter said, no, Lord, I don't want you washing my feet. You're my master. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. I have to do this or else you're not a part of what I'm doing. Jesus had a purpose for what he was doing. But he gets to verse 13. He says this. It says, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? So when he said that, we're about to get the answer to the feet washing. We're about to find out what this whole feet washing thing is about. And Jesus said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. So again, he's saying, this is something that a teacher, a Lord is, is doing something with those who call him teacher, who call him Lord. This is not a this is not a sinner thing. This is not a reaching the world thing. This is not a, a message of salvation thing. This is someone that is the master, the teacher, and those that call him master, teacher, Lord. That is who this feet washing thing is about. It's about the master, the teacher, the Lord, and those who call him master, teacher, Lord. And then he said, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So again, let's put this in context. This is not a message of salvation. Uh, in the commercial, if I'm not mistaken, it, it was a very clear thing of someone, uh, of, of a minister washing the feet of a homosexual uh, if I'm, if I had that right, uh, and, and other people that would, that were, uh, would not normally wash the feet of, of a certain group washing their feet. It's the furthest thing from what the scripture actually is about though. The scripture is about the Lord, the master saying, I'm your Lord. I'm your teacher. You call me Lord. You call me master. You call me teacher and I'm washing your feet. This is the way I want you to care for one another as, as a part of my body, the body of Christ. This is a message for Christians. It's not a message for sinners. It's not a message for the world. And in fact, you all know, I minister week after week after week here that the vast majority, I mean, 99% of the word of God is to Christians. The only part that is not for Christians is if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. That, that, that's the only part that really is for sinners, is you need to come to know Jesus. And then once you come to know Jesus, then we can start talking about some things. Right. Then you can start learning. Then you can start being my children. Then you can start going to work for me. Go through the door. Jesus is called the door. Then you can get to work for me. And so the, work, the devil's done a great job of making the church do things by the world standards. He has dictated that we've allowed the world to dictate how we do things. So because the world says a scripture is talking about this, then the church says, oh, that scripture must be talking about 
about worldly people. And so, of course, we're going to wash the world's feet. We're going to wash, wash sinners' feet. We're going to wash people's feet uh, that have no understanding of the Lord. That's not what this scripture is about. This scripture is for God's people, for Christians, and it is a way that Jesus was teaching them to unify and to be humble with one another and to love and care for one another in the same way he did. Well, I'm doing a lot of talking, but I had a lot to get off my chest as I normally do. So I don't know if you want, if you want to add anything to, uh, to what I've already said. Well, I am excited to get into this topic because <laughs> I'm just picturing when that commercial first came on, the looks of, well, I'm just going to say it, disgust that was on every, everybody in our family's faces when that commercial came it's on. True. <laughs> it's mean, true. We really did. We spoke up about it. We spoke up about it because it was good to get the words out there because it's always good, whether we're with people, whether we're not with people, to just speak the truth of God because as long as the truth of God is surrounding us, it, it feels good, it feels peaceful and all that stuff. But we really didn't have to say anything about it because we could just look at each other and we could just look at each other and say... And just nod each other like, yeah, that commercial is exactly what Dad's well, described. But let me just break in for just a moment because when that commercial, it came in on, I believe it came on several times during the Super Bowl. So we saw the first one, and then every other time it came on, either my wife or myself or one of our family members that were there, we were watching the Super Bowl together. One of us would pick up the remote and mute it. Now, that's a common practice in our family that when, when a commercial comes on that's talking about sickness or talking about uh, crude things, we just pick up the remote and mute it because we don't want that on, on in our house. Whoever thought we'd have to mute something that was supposed to be from the Word of God? It's almost <laughs> ludicrous to think about, uh, but go ahead. Well, at this point, I'm not surprised because we've learned very quickly that the world itself and the church nowadays has a really hard time correctly portraying the Word of God. And one, of the, and one of the things that I was thinking of during the last part of what Deb was talking about was your message that you always preach about unity. Uh, my mom and I were actually talking just a little bit ago about the motives of the people who are behind this commercial, the origin, the origin of all of these commercials. That's not the first commercial that they put. I put on a bunch of different commercials. True, that's true. Uh, it's called the He Gets Us yes, movement. Yes, over the last uh, couple of years. Yes. Yeah, I uh, think actually it's like a billion-dollar campaign. Right. Uh, a billion-dollar campaign. A very nebulous uh, to, conglomeration of yes, different people. of anonymous people uh, <laughs> who, who have put a billion dollars in... Uh, just astounding. Just as go ahead. And, and while ta and while talking about it, and I think uh, you were reading, or you were reading an article about it and the motives behind it. Uh, one of the things that it said was that its goal was to, as to bring like the people, its viewers together under the, under the idea that it's basically bringing them under the same idea, trying to unify them under the message that Jesus humanizing he him gets what was yes. gets us or he was just He's like a us human like us right and i was and i was thinking about dad's my dad's message of unity that he always he always talks about the importance of unity but he said something along the lines of if you're in unity it means nothing if it's not under the right thing or the truth of the well, lord that's right I, I what we always try to say here 
because the church message, and it's not a message from the Lord, it's, it's a message that the devil has taken little bits and snippets as the devil's always done throughout history. He knows how to use the, the Bible. The devil knows how to use the Bible better than, than Christians do in most cases. And he takes little snippets from the Bible to make it sound legit, and he uses it to bring confusion to God's people and, and to try to bring defeat to God's people. But we know that God wants his people in unity, but we always say unity at all costs is not godly. That's not godly. The Bible never says be, be unified at any cost. The purpose is not unity. The purpose is pleasing God. Right. That, that's what the purpose is. And you can't please God just because you're in unity. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God, not without unity. And so if it doesn't start with faith, and I don't have time to get into this subject right now, but when the Bible says without faith, it's really talking about the supernatural. That because it doesn't take faith for me to pick up my water, but it does take faith to walk in the supernatural. So when it says without faith, it's really saying without the supernatural, without walking in the spirit, you can't please God. It doesn't say that about unity. God wants us in unity. I believe that God, there's going to be unity for God's people, but the church by the nudging of the devil over the decades, has said, oh, well, we're going to make unity the most important thing. And since unity is the most important thing, we're just going to tell everybody to get unified in loving one another. You just love one another and be unified over that, and everything else will work out. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, the church has, be, has gone so far away from the word of God. It's gotten so far away from where God said, be holy for I am holy. And, and it is so stepped away from that because of exactly what you said. We're so busy trying to get unified. We forgot what we were supposed to be unified over. Praise you got, God. You got something, Mom? Yeah, the... Um with this, he gets us. Um, I I want to focus on that. The one thing that they're, the thing that they're really trying to uh, to gather people all around that one idea about um, humanizing Jesus. Right. And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know about if we're not supposed to be focusing on humanizing Jesus, then what are we supposed to be focusing on? Um, he, obviously he was God and he was, he was man. And there's a purpose in, in that. Um, but, um, I feel like, you know, we need to, to really focus on not the, just the human part for this podcast purpose. Well, here's the thing about Jesus being human. He was completely hundred percent man. Right. He right. was completely 100% God. And we even talked, we, 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 we talked about that Sunday. I, he, he absolutely, without any, you can't, you can't change that from the word of God. But here's the thing. He was human because the sacrifice that needed to happen on this earth, it needed someone that was human, but it also needed someone that was God so that it could be an eternal sacrifice. It needed to be human, but to... To focus on the humanity of Christ and not focus on the divinity of Christ, then it's leaving us in a it's leaving us in a place of of never being able to reach the walking in the spirit place that God wants His people to be. Jesus actually said this. 
He said, the things that I do, you're going to do in greater things than these. And we've totally lost our ability to walk toward that because we've so focused We've so focused on the, on the human part of the word of God that, that we've lost the, the fact that we are actually, we are actually the, the children of, of God Almighty. We are, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus of all the, all the promises that God has made. We've lost our, uh, we've lost what Colossians says. It says, it says, Set your mind on things that are above. We've so put our minds on things that are of the world, of the flesh, of humanity, that we have totally forgotten the fact that the actual, the actual spirit world, which the Bible says, look at the unseen. It even tells us, don't even look at the scene. It says, look at the unseen. We forget that the spirit world I know people might not totally understand what I mean by this, but it's actually more real than we are, than our, than this realm, because it, we're going to be spend eternity in the spirit world. And that what the devil has done by having us focus on the humanity of Christ is to, we have totally given up our spirit man. We've totally given up our supernatural part. We've totally given up the divine part of what, of, of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to give life to us. And on that note, if you believe in God and his word, then you have no choice but to accept the fact that the spiritual not only is more real than the physical, the spiritual existed before the physical. And that's Absolutely. A, that's something that I always say. But on that note about, you know, humanizing Jesus, uh, adding to that, you know, people nowadays who believe in Jesus, you know, who are focused so much on the physical, like you said, the human stuff, they're focused so much on themselves and what's surrounding them that they're actually trying to bring Jesus and who Jesus was down to their level, the human level. Right. That, that's what this commercial's doing. That's what a lot of churches, believe it or not, are doing. And it reminds me, you know, when Dad said, you know, the Bible says, set your mind on things that are above and things like that. That It's not about us bringing Jesus down to our level. It's about us striving to where Jesus is Absolutely. up there. When, when he ascended to heaven and when he gave us the pathway beginning with salvation, he gave us an opportunity to reach a higher level and not stay in this this uh, earthly realm that a lot of people want to believe that we're just stuck on or the things of that. Well, here's, here's what you're saying. We're doing these people no favors by what we're t trying to bring them, how we're trying to bring them to the Lord. Jesus himself, this is what he said. He said, he said, strive to go through the narrow gate. He said, because wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Now, we're trying to make it very easy for people to come to the Lord. We're trying to make it easy. We're trying to say to them, you can do and live however you want to be. To, to, you want to keep your lifestyle. You want to, you want to have your lifestyle that the Bible clearly portrays as sinful, but you want to keep that lifestyle, we're okay with that. We're okay with that. And I'm sure there are those that are a part of this, of this K 
campaign behind the scenes. Say, oh, no, we want people. But if you're not telling them that, then what good is it doing? Right. You have to right. tell them that. Uh, Jesus said, strive to go through the narrow gate because wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow, difficult. It actually, that's what, what that word means. It means difficult, confining. It's hard. It's hard. I've actually even a little bit of the study. They used they used that word when it talks about the narrow gate in in even terms of like being a gymnast. Uh, it's hard. You you have to you have to grab a hold of it and pull yourself through Contort. because it's, it yes. Contort your body. You've got to make changes to your life if you're going to follow the Lord. And if you're not willing to, then you're not. Then you've lost out. But these messages, and listen, we're, I guess you could say we're picking on this particular campaign, but we're only picking on it because it's become a problem with, with churches all just everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, it's become a problem. This happens to be a really good example. Exactly. Uh, everywhere you look, people are trying to say, hey, we're going to make it easy on you to be a Christian. We see billboards all over around us, around town here, just where we are here. Uh, we see billboards that say, hey, listen, you don't have to be perfect. You don't, you don't have, now again, I'm not saying, no one's going to be perfect. But what it should say is, come to a place where we're going to help you walk in holiness so that you can be a supernatural creature for God, that miracles happen, that the dead are raised, that the blinded eyes see. You're doing greater things because you're walking in holiness with the Lord. Can I comment uh, something uh, about, again, about the humanity of Jesus? Um, if we look and, and study the Gospels, you'll notice that, um, yes, he was divine, and he, everywhere he walked, he was uh, doing miracles, and he was healing the sick, and he was delivering for, uh, those who were demon-oppressed in every kind of miracle. But um, what you neglect to, to see and think about a lot of times is how did Jesus, as a human, live his daily life? Think about what, how did he behave? What did he do? Um, th there are places that where you can find clues and even just out and out uh, e examples or what, that they talk about, about how he lived his life. He did not live his life just doing whatever he wanted to do and, and behaving in whatever way he wanted to behave. He was very uh, specific in the way he lived his life in a holy way. Uh, I just think that's something well, to point out. not just a holy out. way. But a supernatural way. Right. That that's the whole purpose why I said without faith it's impossible to please God. Without the supernatural. Jesus lived his life trying to show that if you're going to be a child of God, then it's it has to be on a supernatural level. And I would hope that that would convict a lot of people because there are a lot of people who justify what they do, you know, that may not sound biblical right off the bat by using Jesus as an example, you know, for things like associating with sinners, you know, consumption of alcohol, a lot of crazy things like that. But if you're doing that, then I see that you are doing what Dad said at the very beginning, picking and choosing. You're either picking and choosing verses from the Bible or picking and choosing specific things that Jesus, that it, that it, Jesus may have been portrayed as doing, even though you may be reading it or viewing it in the wrong light, and that could easily be explained. We might talk about that at some point in the future, but 
you're picking and choosing little things that line up with what you want to fixate your own actions on and avoiding that the way Jesus lived his life as a whole was, as my dad says, supernatural. Well, and we're going to have to bring this, start bringing this down uh, with, with this and bring it to a close for, for today. Uh, but Jesus, whenever the opportunity presented itself, he took it to the supernatural level. And I know everyone's saying, boy, how did this go from this commercial to talking about Jesus doing the supernatural? But that's the point, is that they're always trying to make everything just an earthly human level when God wants us to be raised to the supernatural level. Uh, Everything Jesus did, he always tried to bring it whenever he could to the supernatural level. Even uh, we've ministered here about the story about the fig tree. Jesus... When he was presented uh, a fig tree, he went he went to look for fruit on it, and there was no figs. Be- now, the Bible says, it makes it clear. It says it wasn't the season for figs. So in other words, there was really no, there was no reason for Jesus to expect there to be fruit on this fig tree because it wasn't the right season. It would kind of be like saying, hey, I'm going to my tomatoes in the middle of January. Oh, well, there's not going to be tomatoes out on your plants in January. Everything's been killed and dead. You got to wait till the summer. Well, Jesus went to the fig tree and said, oh, let me, let me find some figs. There were no figs. So what did Jesus do? He took it to the supernatural level, and it says he cursed the fig tree. Now, Again, I don't have time to really develop this the way I have in in some of my messages. But the fact is, he cursed the fig tree for one reason, because he could. He could. He had power. He had the supernatural ability to curse the fig tree just because he could. Again, the fig tree didn't do anything wrong. In fact, it wasn't even there was nothing wrong with the plant. The Bible makes the point of saying that this fig tree was nothing wrong with it. It just was not the right time. But Jesus took it to the supernatural level and said, I've got the power in me to curse this fig tree, and I'm showing you as an example, disciples, and showing us, this is the way I want you to live. I don't want you to live with the expectation being, oh, well, this is just the way the earth is. This is the way humanity is. This is the way trees and plants are. This is just the way you have to just accept it. There are some people that are born a certain way, so just love them anyway. Just accept. No, love them, but take the supernatural power of God to them so that their lives can be changed. Right. That's the point of this fig tree story. As Jesus said, I am greater than the natural. I am greater than the seasonal. I am greater than, than what is birthed into the earth. I'm greater than that. And I'm greater and I'm human. But because I'm human, I'm showing you that you as humans can be lifted to that supernatural level and do even greater things than I do. Let's take it to the supernatural. That's what God is looking for with his remnant. Listen, there's so much more we could get into. And next week, we'll pick up another subject and talk about some things. But if you've enjoyed watching this, share this with people. Listen, I, I know that there are some of you out there that even beyond the words that we're saying, something's going on in your heart right now, and you're saying, there's something to this. 
Reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening. Uh, We love you, and we want to see you walking as God's remnant people, as the supernatural. Remember, our service is here Sunday at 11, Wednesday night at 7. We've got all kinds of things going out on all the different platforms if you want to keep up with us. But even more than all that, we want to bring the power of God like this earth has never seen before. And we want you to be a part of that with us. God bless you. 